0: I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. The Battle of New York was the end of the world. This is the new world.
1: I am a soldier's angel through the eyes of a soldier through the... What were you after? The truth.
2: World peace.
0: I'm a soldier's angel... You've got a hundred men at your disposal. And now, it's a hand-picked team. In a war of words between worlds. And yes, they're that good. No one walks away from this battle.
2: Hello, hollers, and welcome to another episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.C.A.S.T. I am Colonel Chaos, a.k.a. Chip Sella, and joining me once again is the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent?
1: I my lord. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well. I had, I, to, well. I, had,
2: to, I, had to, I had to sing along with you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm um, looking forward to watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on my 200 inch television that will be coming to me in October.
2: A 200 inch television?
1: Mm hmm. That is one of the hidden features of the PlayStation VR. Oh. <laughs> you, can, you can use it to uh, watch, uh, to create a, a kind of virtual space. That includes a two hundred inch screen, which you can watch your movies and TV shows and play your games on, like your non VR games, which is cool. Okay. Imagine how big that is. That is insane.
2: Well, you know, I think I've probably seen that on the <laughs> Gear VR because Netflix has a pretty big screen, which you watch. Yeah. Which, watch it on. That's a, that's a cool feature. Uh, we did the B, we we discussed it on the B team last night. That was not mentioned, um, but and you know it was a very long show. We did that and uh, all the news from Microsoft. Uh, it was like a three and a half hour show, which is short for uh, forty two level one. I know. <laughs> but um, I just listened to one of your four hour episodes uh, over nice. two days. <laughs> <laughs> but um okay still not sure I'm gonna get it but uh, still toying with Oculus Rift but okay I can yeah, work with I, that I
1: got, it on, I got it on quite a good deal just like if anyone's interested in it um, I got it in the UK from uh, Zavi um, who are doing a deal where if you uh, place your first order with them you get 10% off so it's three hundred and fifty over here, so I got it for three hundred and fifteen three one five. So like thirty five pounds off. Nice. Quite quite happy with that.
2: I'm trying to find the damn thing on Amazon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I did the, I I did buy two PlayStation Move controllers to reach up the uh <laughs> the, the Waggle controllers. The infamous uh Playstation yeah. Move controller. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Search deep into the B Team archives uh, in our video section for a classic unboxing of. Uh, well, actually, it's not the PlayStation Move, but of a <laughs> of a uh, Move controller, or of a, it's a motion v- con- motion controller. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: the best motion controller. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, doing, doing well. <laughs> All right.
2: Um I'm trying to think is there anything I did this week yeah it's currently and the v r is currently unavailable on Amazon <laughs> so oh well, I'm not worried <laughs> uh did I th- anything I did pick up just to kill the video game segment of this show quickly um I did pick up uh Disney Battleground, uh, Disney Infinity Battlegrounds. I have not had a chance oh, to play. Okay. It. Uh, okay. it it arrived last night. I had things to do, and uh, then do, and then B team, and then tonight mm-hmm. was get ready for the, for Shieldcast. So I didn't get a chance hmm. to check it out yet, but it is here, and I'm looking nice. forward to uh, giving it a shot.
1: So. Did you just get the Captain America character or did you get any of the other characters with it?
2: I just got Cap for now. I mean, I have a bunch of characters. I did tr- I yeah. did try the Disney Racing thing this weekend, which was the mm-hmm. Toy Box Speedway. That's pretty good. A little loose in the control for, for my uh taste, but
1: it mm-hmm. wasn't bad.
2: And my I had my 6-year-old nephew over, so we had <laughs> I had to keep him busy for a while, so we played some Infinity. <laughs>
1: nice. So
2: but yes, uh, hopefully in two weeks I'll be able to tell you. I'll, I'll have a, I can probably uh, give some impressions on battlegrounds, and by then I should have. Yeah, yeah, I should, by then yeah, I'll I should have. have it by then as well. And I'll probably have Black Panther by then too.
1: Nice.
2: So, all right, Andy, uh, we got some. We want to do news first.
1: Yep, as standard. <laughs> what do we got for news so this week? The- Okay, we've definitely got a few bits of news. Um, up to you if you want to do the news or the trailer first. Let's do the trailer first. Okay, so I think it was actually like uh, the day after we recorded last week's show that this trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. And so this is the trailer for Captain America: Civil War, this the second trailer, which was probably the best trailer I've ever seen for anything. <laughs> I and I, I know you just watched it. Yeah, I don't I know how watched. you managed to avoid this. <laughs> I,
2: well, I'm kind of starting to get into Civil War blackout mode.
1: Hmm. I mean, there's no way we could not talk about this. There's just no way. It was it was so big, like online over the last week. It's just it, it became its own zeitgeist for a few days, and it was huge. Um, the trail's got like 40 million hits on YouTube already. Which is which is mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> for a for a trailer, especially for a second trailer. Um, but yeah, basically, it shows you kind of more a lot more of the footage that we'd seen already. But I think it presented it in a a much more cohesive and more interesting way than the first trailer. The first trailer was good, but this trailer just got it absolutely spot on. Uh, my my personal favourite moment from it: Hawkeye shoots an arrow, and Ant Man is in the <laughs> arrow. <laughs> it was just a, a, a bit of a a squeaky moment from because uh, it's straight from the comic books because that yeah. that happens in the comics, and it was a really awesome little moment and I look forward to seeing how that plays out in the in the movie how they managed to convince Paul Rudd to or uh, Scott Lang to get inside the <laughs> the arrow capsule. <laughs> oh,
0: hey, like, he's you know, know he, he's a, a t-
2: <laughs> he's a team player. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, what what did you think of the the rest of the trailer? And we'll talk about the ending of the trailer in a wee minute. I think.
2: Well, it's setting it up. I mean, we kind of knew the story. I'm kind of sad I saw it. Honestly, I'm a little. No, you you had to see this. You you made me see it. Um, (laughs) uh, At this point. I th- I think I'm ready to go into blackout mode.
1: I, I think we can go into blackout mode now. Like, now that that trailer is, is out, and uh, we're, what, two, two months and a bit away from, from the movie now? Yeah, about
2: six, seven but, weeks, probably.
1: So now it's probably safe-ish to go into blackout-ish mode. <laughs>
2: um, basically, it sets up the plot. Bas- uh, bas- uh, from what I saw... It shows that the governments are worried because these superheroes are going all around the world and destroying real estate and there are there is collateral damage and casualties. And somebody yep. needs to keep them in check, and Iron Man agrees with this. And Cap doesn't. And obviously something's it has something to do with the winter soldier. Bucky. Mm. Um which hasn't really been explained yet other than that you know he is a russian uh a russian government uh, experiment gone bad i guess might be the one way, one way of putting it and i don't know it looks like iron man and his crew are trying to capture bucky
1: yep and obviously steve can't stand for that and right. the the thing is like bucky bucky was brainwashed so it wasn't really him that was Doing these crimes, it was he was doing as he was told by people that were mm-hmm. brainwashing him, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So is he is he guilty in that respect? It's kind of down, to, it's <laughs> down to a jury of his peers to decide that one. Yeah. But which in this case is Iron Man and Captain America and uh, all these guys, and looks like they are gonna have a big fight over it.
2: Yeah, and. Uh... I I I I'm I, I just want to see the movie now, you know. Uh, the yep. you know one of one of the news stories, and we might as well go into it. In one of the scenes, there is a yellow tube, and sort of yeah. like the one that Bucky was kept in, and mm-hmm. you can see that there is somebody in it. And one of the big questions over the weekend was, who's in the tube?
1: Who's in the tube? Because he, it's not Bucky. It's not Bucky. Because he's in he's in the scene in the background. So he's not in the tube. He's out the tube. Um, he. So who is in the tube? Who do you think it is? Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> it's not Howard the Duck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was looking. <laughs> he's in space. He's away in space. The um. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a male character, judging by the way the character looks mm. and the height and whatnot. And the speculation of the the articles that I read about it and stuff like that, I tend to agree most with the fact that it could be Quicksilver, Quicksilver's body and suspended animation, or or he might not even be dead. Like you, we know the comic book death is not full death, even in the MCU. Look at Coulson. True. So it could very well be Quicksilver, and it would, I think it would be good to bring Quicksilver back because it was kind of a shame that they they offed him in uh, when I was in uh, Age of Ultron because I liked him I thought he was great
2: yeah I I thought he did a great job and it's a waste of a huge uh Marvel character
1: yeah totally because he was only in like half a movie yeah so it would make the most sense for it to be him. It could be somebody completely different though, like just totally out of left field. So we'll we'll see when the movie comes out uh, as to who that turns out to be. The, the other cool thing that they showed in this trailer for the first time was they showed like a kind of circular building coming out of the sea, which I reckon is going to be uh, Prison 42. If you remember in the, the Civil War comic book, they had the Negative Zone prison. Yes. Which is called Prison Forty Two. So I reckon that this is the MCU version of that, because obviously we don't have the negative zone and and all, all that business going on, so they've just made a prison in the sea.
2: Okay, that's what that's what the thing coming out of the the water was.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's what it is. Cause you do see like Stark in a circular room later on that is like basically cells. They look as if they would be capable of housing superpowered individuals. So expect to see some of the characters in the movie in that prison at some point. And you know and maybe
2: it's just a maybe it's just a random prisoner. Maybe it's uh Nitro. It kinda looked like he had could, yeah, wavy could be hair.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe oh the guy in the yellow tube could be. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, they could do
1: something like because- that. It was a good trailer. You get to see the two sides like face off, and then as the kind of after credit scene for the trailer, we did finally get to see the one and only Spider-Man come into the MCU for the first time, and it was a it was a really really good introduction for him. Uh, quite surprised that they did it that way. I thought they'd have just like shown him swinging by other they've been talking about like people uh, these superheroes need to be kept in check people swinging around the city and stuff like that and just like a shot of them swinging through like New York but no no <laughs> they, they pulled them in and it, it's basically like at some point during that battle scene mm-hmm. um Tony Stark like says he's had enough of this and and shouts underoos <laughs> and uh, and you see uh spider-man swigging web up captain america's hands and steal his shield and then land in a superhero pose with the shield looking fucking incredible <laughs> and just says hey everybody
2: <laughs>
1: and he which, sounded yeah, like I a weenie mm-hmm, yep you know he sounded
2: like uh, <laughs> a teenage boy yep
0: <laughs> um, which you should
2: i don't want to do of (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) well we'll Mm -hmm. see how it plays out um and i don't know i wasn't a i don't the costume is authentic i will say that it's Mm -hmm. probably one of the better spider-man outfits that we've seen it's it doesn't have all the glittery stuff that the other ones have and uh, Sony's films over the years. You're going back to basics, okay. but that doesn't mean I liked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a okay. kid in underoos.
2: Think...
1: Yeah, I don't think we we didn't see like if he had web shooters on or or how his webs were coming out. I, I assume they're going to be tech on this one I rather than so. organics. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, <so. laughs> I don't like organic spider webs. No, it doesn't make no. a lot of sense, but. Uh, web shooters is, is is better and you could you could imagine that he would make them and Stark would help him perfect mm. them or something like that Uh the, the one thing that a lot of people have been talking about online as well is his his eyes mm. because you do see his uh, his eyesisolalets narrow uh, after he after he talks um, which some people are saying is like it could be like uh, some Stark taking his suit, which would make sense because he seems to be certainly on uh, Tony Stark's side certainly at this point yeah. in the movie. But I have another theory. Uh-oh. Because because we've seen this tech before. Mm-hmm. So this, like, uh, I mean, this is the same sort of tech that we've seen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, Agent 33 had that mask, the shape-changing mask. Okay. She could have anyone's face. So, I mean, it could easily be, like, just that sort of mesh over the eyes. It would allow him to, like, darken it and lighten it so he'd be able to see better and, and whatnot. Rather than having, like... A sort of Iron Man mm-hmm. part of his costume, <laughs> and it would be much more lightweight than uh than having metal in his over his eyes.
2: Oh, I mean in the comic book, Tony Stark did create the Crimson Spider outfit, right? Is that what they oh, called the, it? The Iron Spider, yeah. The Iron, Iron Spider. Spider, yeah. Hmm.
1: But that was a very different costume from what we're seeing here. True, so True. The, we had all the arms and everything. Mm-hmm. Basically made Spider-Man able to fly.
2: Yeah, it was a weird uh, phase in Spider-Man. And one that they happily got rid of uh, fairly quickly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think he looked really good. It was a really good introduction for him. Um, It was strange to see Spider-Man interacting with the characters, though. And it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the movie and how much he's in the movie as well.
2: Yeah, I I still don't know. I mean, are they going to make him a big feature of the movie? Are they going to keep it low-key? It'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, curious, uh, one curious thing about the merchandising for the movie is that Spider-Man hasn't featured in any of the merchandise so far. But obviously, it was all out there before this trailer dropped. So mm-hmm. his costume and that wasn't revealed until right when this trailer came out. So now these costumes are revealed, we might start to get like a bit of a drip feed of the merchandising coming out uh, in the lead up to the movie.
2: Now I have a question for you, and I'm not, and I will take this as far as you want me to. All right? Uh, okay. Have you seen the Lego sets?
1: um i've seen the one uh with the giant man in it okay <laughs> well uh, there you yeah. go
2: you that was the one i was I, I didn't know if you wanted that spoiled or not but uh okay
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no i've seen that one um, I, I mean they have they have shown things in lego sets mm-hmm. that haven't been in the movies before so True. i mean take that with a pinch of salt whether or not you'll be in it like like i've said all along i think that he will become uh, Man will become giant man in this movie it's kind of the—I would say—it's probably the only reason why he's in the movie <laughs> is to do that and to do the awesome like uh, go on Hawkeye's arrow thing. <laughs> but um, if you can, if you can put that giant man in your movie, then damn right do it. Um, I don't think we'll see that in a trailer at all. I think that's going to be something that's just going to be shown in the movie, and it's going to be an awesome moment. But uh, like like I say, um, sometimes they do do stuff in the Lego sets that is not in the movies. They did it for Iron Man. There was mm-hmm. there was a couple of the Lego sets where there was like uh, there was one where Mandarin was uh, in a a Hoover, <laughs> and there was another one where he was in a boat, and he and he had oh he did have a helicopter right enough, but uh, he <laughs> I don't think he was in a boat at all in the movie, and I don't think he was ever in like a thing that looked like a Hoover. What the hell? Like is a Hoover? Uh, uh, vacuum. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, it's because over here uh, it was a company called Hoover. That uh, we busts- have
2: we have Hoover vacuums yeah. here. Yes.
1: Yeah, so we just what? call them Hoover.
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: Hoover. Okay. <laughs> you know, as, as uh, you know, sometimes this foreign language you speak, I don't understand. <laughs> um, a Hoover. Okay. <laughs> it's a vacuum, but all right. A vacuum. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if, but I think here's where here here's where it confuses me. If he becomes Giant Man, which I'm kind of against, and I'll give a good reason, but um, the next movie is supposed to be called Ant Man and the Wasp, isn't it? That's right. Yep. So what's he going to do? Go back to Ant Man? Uh, I mean, I know uh, to an extent, uh, the original Ant Man would flip flop or be able to. He had both powers at the same time. But, correct.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah, he could be Giant Man and Ant Man at the drop of a and he frequently went from one to the other. And um, because of all the size changing, that's why hank pym ended up with like a personality imbalance basically right that's how they explained it in the comic books at least but um yeah i mean uh, and i think the the fundamental question that <laughs> you're wanting to ask is that if he can become giant man why would he ever need to or want to go back to being an Ant man again oh i
2: i can honestly see reasons why you why you would want to go back i mean Stealth missions. Giant man is would yeah. not be a good stealth character.
1: <laughs> nope, not at all. But I think that's something that they can they could deal with really well, like in in the Ant Man movie. And this would actually in the Ant Man the Wasp movie, it would actually be a really good setup for it to like kind of prove why he would be relevant to still be Ant Man even if he can be like Giant Man. Yeah. They. They. I mean, that movie is good. That movie's going to be all about the, like, teamwork and camaraderie between Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's going to be a rom-com.
2: It's going to be the first Marvel (laughs) rom-com.
1: And it's interesting because the, I think we might see, like, some of the old Ant-Man and the Wasp stuff as well, like, uh, the Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne stuff as well. Get Mm -hmm. a little bit of that mixed in where you've got, so you have, like, effectively two Ant-Mans and two Wasps running about in different time periods. Which i I definitely like to see.
2: Okay, yeah, bring him Mm. back uh, the Michael Douglas, uh, Ant Man and Wasp.
1: Yeah, hopefully they'll recast Michael Douglas as a (laughs) a younger actor. Okay, (laughs) all right, all right, all right. They might just CG his face again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, huh? But okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you might want somebody younger to play him during the 70s. That would make sense. Mm. All right, uh, what else do we have for news here? I, I know there's a there's a lot of articles. There's a lot of theories. Uh, we both came up with a few things. Let me hit one of mine first, because I thought this was uh, kind of very germane to our show. And that hmm. would be that there are a bunch of... Uh, of course, I cl- it closed on me. No, there we go. There there are a bunch of uh, television shows in the works that are currently in development. In fact, there are 12, and that doesn't include the cartoons. I'm just going to go down the yeah. list. Mm-hmm. So uh, first we have Daredevil, which uh, premieres in a little over 24 hours now. Yep. <laughs> as, as I was telling you before we started recording, I... Leave on vacation. No, hang on. I got it there. got. I got it muted. Um, I leave on vacation very early Friday morning. I have a concert tomorrow night, which probably gets me home at midnight. And I could get three. I might be able to get three hours sleep, although I think my ears are mm. going to be ringing because it's a Jimi Hendrix tribute concert. So uh, I might not <laughs> go to bed. And if I don't go to bed, I think I'm gonna watch an episode or two of Daredevil. Yeah. You know? May as well. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: So, um but that premieres. So we have Daredevil, Luke Cage, which we do have a premiere date or a premiere mm-hmm. window. Iron Fist, sometime next year. Jessica Jones, which we think is gonna be back, I think. Did I see November December? I I don't
1: think I don't think they've officially announced it yet, but that's what we kind of speculated.
2: The Defenders. Which will be next year after Iron Fist. Agents of Shield. Agent Mm -hmm. Carter, maybe? Marvel's Most Wanted. Which Mm -hmm. you know, it's in production. They're doing a pilot. Okay, they're producing a pilot. Until it goes to series, I don't want to consider it in production. Don't get my Mm -hmm, hopes up. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: (laughs) Let's see. What else do we have here? Damage control. I'm still not sold on this one.
1: That's the comedy
2: one, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of the. It's. It's what. Uh. It's. What Agent uh, Kennedy refers to as Marvel's janitors. Although he likes to refer yeah, to yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shield as m- the Marvel janitors, but
1: <laughs> you know, um, like I actually quite like Damage Control, like what they do in in the comic books. Like they come in and they clean up the mess, and I don't know quite how that works as a comedy show, but uh, I think it'll be interesting. Mm,
2: not sold on it. <laughs> Untitled
1: John Ridley
2: superhero project. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about that. A lot of speculation is it's the new Ms. Marvel. Uh, Yep. Another one not sold on if that's the case. Untitled Marvel superhero
1: comedy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I mean, only so many of the characters can actually work as a comedy.
2: Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham.
1: How was how the Duck?
2: Hour the Duck and uh, Squirrel Girl, I think,
1: maybe. Squirrel Girl, yeah. Do you think it could be a Squirrel Girl show? God I hope not.
2: <laughs> I mean I like, try I, I read a, an it? issue or two mm. um and I, I it just wasn't for me.
1: I mean, the thing I think about it is, like, they've obviously... I mean, the budgets are not unlimited in this world, so if they're going to make a show, then why waste your money on making, like, a silly show about Squirrel Girl? I know they're trying to, like, cover all their bases by making, like, different shows for different people, but at the end of the day, most of the people that are watching these shows, like, are people that watch all of them. Mm. Like, I can't see that there's that many people that would watch Agent Carter that don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Daredevil, you know?
2: Well, I still think that uh, you know we we kind of talked about what is Agent yeah. Carter's demographic, and it's, I think see, I think that does uh, skew to an older crowd. I you know it was mm-hmm. it was it was, it is was whatever you want to say a smart show. By mm-hmm. the way, before we get into. Uh, uh, this week's episode i want to share my wife's theory on the end of agent carter it's it's ingenious okay um okay but um so i mean i don't know it i i I could see you know my mom if she sat down and watched it and didn't know it was a quote-unquote comic book show Mm -hmm. might have gotten into it because it is a smart cast uh well-written and tells a great story and is a great story of woman empowerment except yep, for the absolutely. last episode where she does nothing yeah. uh, <laughs> yes and the and the, men, and the men are the heroes but um
1: <laughs>
2: that was he he pointed that out people i'm just i'm just uh, reiterating what he
1: said uh but well, i mean I, I i honestly dare anyone to prove me wrong <laughs> <well> on <now>. that like tell <laughs> me we, what you we did you can't but
2: she brought the team together, Andy. You know, she 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 figured it out. It was her plan. But um <laughs> so I mean Agent Carter just just skewed to a different age, I guess. And that's where there there may uh, but anyway so i could see different people watching shield than watching agent carter i can see there's you know on the venn diagram there is a huge overlap of people on either that watch both and then you know there's even a, another section where they watch even all the cw shows and the netflix and walking dead and everything else but um so yes you're right to an extent but i you know i think there wasn't enough people that watched Shield that watched Agent Carter, so, no, and the and they didn't make up for that loss with the people that just watch Agent Carter, you know, mm-hmm. yep. So, but all right, uh, untitled Marvel superhero comedy and Empire of the Dead, which I have no idea what that is.
1: So. Oh, I don't know what that is either. We 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 need to look that up very quickly and find out what that is. That sounds like a zombie thing. Yeah,
2: Zombie Master George Romero's Empire of the Dead, a limited comic book series from Marvel, is being developed for TV. Okay, enough of that. I'm not a zo- This isn't zombie okay. cast.
1: <laughs> no, so oh. Zombie Cast can cover that. That <laughs> is, that's not going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe show, though. Surely, you can't see how zombies would fit into this. Marvel zombies? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, they would call it Marvel Zombies, surely.
0: Yeah.
1: that's just a that's just a normal zombie book. I don't think there's any like there's no Marvel characters in in that book, know. as far as I'm aware. I don't know.
2: I just read yeah. what I I'm just reporting what I see, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Uh oh! Do, any other news that you wanted to do here? Quick.
1: Yeah, so we had the the premiere date, like I said, for Luke, uh, Cage. Luke Cage, which is September thirtieth.
2: A little later than I would have liked. Actually, it's a, hell of a little long bit long. later. Because mm. i I have a feeling that's about the time Agents of Shield is going to return. I bet you it's either the last week of September or the first or second week of October.
1: Most likely, yeah. Um, do you think that that date being so late puts the kibosh on uh, Jessica Jones coming back this year?
2: If it comes back, it's going to be... late November, early December. I was going to say Thanksgiving, but you don't know what that mm-hmm. is, so... Mm-hmm. that that's... I do. Eat turkey. <laughs> that's where we <laughs> celebrate beating the British. Um...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. um... It's our victory dinner. Um no, it, it actually predates the Revolutionary War, but before anybody tries to correct me. But... Um, <laughs> so I, I would think if it comes out 12, 12 13 episodes, yeah, it's, it, Jessica Jones is going to be very, very late 2016 or early 2017.
0: Mm, I yep. really
2: wish they did it in the summer, you know, even June. I mean, they do. I mean, they premiere shows on Netflix all the time.
1: Yep. There's at least one a week, I would say, at this point. So, uh, I started watching one, like, the other day. They just popped up. It's like, oh, a new show. Okay, I'll watch that.
2: You know, I, w- I would have liked a July or August, mainly because it would make uh, our our summer a hell of a lot easier. But, um, mm-hmm. yep. hey, and let's see, Sept- September 30th, that's probably two weeks before Comic-Con, or a week, ten days before Comic-Con. Mm. So.
1: Hey, before New York Comic-Con,
2: yeah. Yeah, New York Comic-Con. Yeah. yeah. So, the one we go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife needs to look into when tickets go on sale because we gotta make sure we get those.
0: Mm.
2: So, um, okay. Anything else, or do we want to go into my wife's theory?
1: Yeah, uh, there's been an Avengers X-Men movie rumoured for 2020. If Marvel and Fox can agree on things, I could see it happening. Um, we've already seen like the X-Men kind of chop around with their timeline. Mm -hmm. So, there's definitely the possibility that that could be pulled in. Um, I would say that everything that's happened to the MCU so far, you you, you could probably just about get away with just having the X-Men have been part of it since the beginning of the Days of Future Past and Mm -hmm. First Class timeline. I think...
2: We need to start. I think they need to start uh, thinking about screw continuity. I mm-hmm. think uh, the the cinematic universe is starting to d- develop the problem that the comic books developed, which took you know decades to happen. But uh, that there's too many characters, there's too many storylines, and you're going to handcuff and trip all over yourself trying to keep the continuity clean.
1: But, I mean, that's one of the like things that makes the universe so special that they, they do do that.
2: I, yeah, but, uh, so how, how, how do you explain the X-Men? I mean, you can try. Well,
1: it's going to be lame. Well, they've only had, like, two movies that actually count. If you if you take the first class and the stuff that happened in Days of Future Past in the old time of it, so that all happened in like the seventies, say seventies, mm. early eighties, that stuff, most of it kind of happened and could have been brushed under the rug by the government. You could easily get away with explaining that.
0: Mm.
1: I don't. know. As it's just you could get away with it explaining it just as terrorist attacks. I guess.
2: I think uh, it might just be, I'm just starting to think that uh, maybe they need, maybe they just need to think about, and and I I agree with you, one of the special thing is all the movies are connected, Uh, there is a, you know, there is a continuity to them and all that, but at the same time, it's like, is it becoming, is it starting to become a burden? Hmm. And do they need to uh, rethink and, you know, at some, you know, they still can't, we've come up with plausible solutions for the, the Agent Carter one shot. Yep. But they're not the best. I mean, they're, they're start they're starting to run out of room where they can put that in.
1: Hmm. Yep. There's a very, very small amount of time that they could squeeze that into yeah. now,
2: and it's becoming more and more implausible as you do more seasons of Agent Carter. Hmm. Yep. So, uh, so th- that is a legitimate concern that you know uh, I fully expect them to say, "Yeah, we're uh, excising the Agent Carter one shot." Because it's just a fucking one shot, you know? Um,
0: but and I, I mean, and I can do that. When I,
2: when I say that, I'm not saying it in any disrespect personally, because I really thought the Agent Carter one shot was pretty fantastic. But I just yeah. don't see, uh, you know, I don't think Marvel cares about it. They did but it. I mean,
1: the second did they- the second they do that, that opens the door to just throw out any other continuity they yep. don't like. they are be like, oh, see yep. this, like, five minutes that happened in Age of Ultron? Oh, that, that doesn't count.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <and>, you know? <laughs> like, oh. And that's where, but I think at the same time, they're finding out keeping a cohesive universe is hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, they can explain stuff using, uh, like, other mediums, so, like, using the TV shows and using one-shots and, and things like that just to stitch things back together a little bit, and we've already seen them do it with, uh, if you remember the, the scene of the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. they kind of mucked that up right back at the beginning, and they made a one-shot of uh, Colson and Sitwell just talking so that they could uh, fit, like, work that back in properly, And it, and I think it works well, and it was easy enough for them to do that, so there's, there's no reason why they can't do that with other things. Yeah, I, w- I don't think they should use comic books to do it, though, because like I don't really like the idea of the comic books being canon.
2: Well, and I agree with you, because you're, you're mixing your media. Mm. And there's a lot of people that don't read the comic books, that uh, only read the or only watch the movies and that that is your audience here you the comic book audience the the people that the comic book fans uh you know are your bread and butter they're the ones who supported these movies all these years but um and and the comics and marvel but uh you're you're now going for a different audience that doesn't usually read the comics And Mm -hmm. I think you need to uh, keep, you know, anything that is is significant, at least. If you want to tell side stories, fine. But if you're going to start Mm -hmm. screwing around with the continuity, you have to do it in the movies, not in the comic. Not in these special comics.
1: And the other problem with the comics is that most of them are terrible. Like I don't know if you've yeah. read many of them, but they're they're not particularly well written. Or the the artwork's good in them, but they they're not particularly well written stories and things like that. And they do like use some characters that we haven't seen at all, mm-hmm. ever mentioned before or since in the MCU, and they just throw them in and they just languish there and to be forgotten about. Like the Melter was in one of the comics, and <laughs> he's just like Iron Man fought him outside of uh, outside of Stark Tower. Like, why was that never mentioned ever? (laughs) Right.
2: Or, and they kind of, there was the comic book last year that explained the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's origin to an extent. And they kind of went into it in the movie and it was more or less the same thing. But uh,
0: Hmm.
2: they, not many people read that comic on only, only, you know only the hardcore so mm, I yep. so I think they I think they have to be very careful about uh where they tell their story how they tell their story and uh, I I think eventually it's going to get that the guy who goes and sees them sees the two movies a year really, probably doesn't care that well wasn't petro dead in the last movie how uh why is he back alive in this one or uh you know that that's a little drastic but uh so you know what I'm something like that where you and I and comic book people and he, and the hardcore fans could pick apart and say hold it in iron man 1 this happened this is in direct mm. contrast to that uh we would pick up on that you know hand shoots first let's let's yep. take it to the star oh, yeah, wars yeah. thing <laughs> um mm-hmm. things like that will bother the hardcore fans who will then jump on the internet and uh form a lynch mob to go a- and storm the marvel <laughs> offices uh <laughs> yeah. and be a nuisance so <laughs> So I, they they have to keep there is they don't have to cater to that group, but at the same time they got to be cognizant that they're out there and they are waiting to pounce.
1: Mm,
2: absolutely, and I think uh as you tell more stories as you uh expand the universe it gets tougher and tougher to coordinate this stuff i fully expect the most of the television stuff and i think we're already seeing it is being ignored
1: yeah i mean i I think that the point where we'll find out if it's being completely ignored as in Infinity War and in the Inhumans movie. Yes. Like, if the Inhumans movie does not mention the Inhumans that have been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point for four, five years potentially, then it's never going to happen.
2: <laughs> and you you would think, and we're just going way too long on this shit, but oh well, mm. um, you would think that there is some over, overall mcu bible this is the story Mm. this is the story we're telling these are the tentpole events of the story this uh you know everything has to adhere to these factors the inhumans uh are already here the uh pterogenesis has happened uh in in the form of fish oil And Mm -hmm. they, and the, the movies have to deal, have to address it from the, take their, uh, take the cue from the television shows, I guess, in this situation. And this had to be written into the Bible. And I would hope that Civil War doesn't have, you know, you don't, yes, I want, Shield characters in there, I really do. You know, I would love to see Colson. Yeah. I would love to see May. Something like that. Um, we would love to see them in there. But at the same time, the idea behind the the Sokovia Accords, uh, which is what Civil War the Civil War is based on, if if it is to bring into check the super powered population. In one way or another, they need to at least mention that with that with the terogenesis um, fish oil dilemma. That this is another reason why they need to have this Sokovia Accords. There are people manifesting powers all over the world. We need uh, we need uh, a guideline and enforcement agency. To keep
1: them uh, in check. Unless the Sokovia Accords are specifically tailored at the Avengers, like to stop the Avengers from making a mess, basically.
2: Yes, and I can see that, and that would be kind of a cop out be- because yeah. you need to. Uh, Terra Genesis is a, glo- as we saw in this week's episode, is a global concern. Mm. So, you need to, if if you're going to have some type of uh, global regulatory agency, it can't be just for the Avengers. What about, you know, uh, when Ms. Ms. Marvel appears in uh, her high school in Jersey, or, uh, I don't know, Cloak and Dagger show up, or, uh, you know, another, you know, Karnak. Shows up from the Inhumans, it, and and you don't have to do much with it. All you have to do is mention Terogena, the Terragenesis Dilemma, and now you have yep. brought I, I, all you hmm. you've brought Shield into the movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. They don't need to show the characters. They don't even need to mention them by name. They need to, but they do. I think need to reference events that have happened mm-hmm. in it. Yes. I don't think they're going to in Civil War, unfortunately, but we will see. And, and it's kind of silly that they don't, because all we need is one line. Yeah, you know, like one line, two lines. Exactly. That we, it's seconds of a movie. Seconds yeah. of a movie.
2: And that's just—they just need to—and they just need to show that coordination. They keep telling us it's all connected. Here's <laughs> I mean, th- this is a yeah. this is a gimme. Hmm. You know, all, all it is is acknowledging the events in the television show occurred. And if you mm-hmm. had, if you had a Bible, and if you had uh, this mapped out, you know, uh, season three, uh, season two, and three of uh, Shield are going to address this issue. Then Civil War should have had that information in order to. Uh, implement it or mention it within the movie totally agree totally agree okay so let's move on yep yes Let- so you're you're saying your wife has a theory yes you're gonna like this okay <laughs> is <laughs> that right. a crazy crazy anti-theory type yes theory? <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a crazy uh ms chaos theory uh so Thanks. at the end of agent carter uh what's his name is shot and presumably killed i can't remember his name now uh Thompson, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. So, uh, and the file that he has on, uh, and a file is taken, and that file is marked M. Carter. Now, we assume Hmm. that's Margaret, a.k.a. Peggy Carter, right? Yep. Yep. What's her brother's name? Uh,
1: um, Michael. 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 Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Michael supposedly died. Correct?
1: Mm -hmm. As far as we know, yeah.
2: The problem with Michael dying, where does Sharon come from?
1: Because Sharon is her niece? Well, yes. she could not have been born by that time because she would be too old. But if you don't,
2: well, I understand that. But as far as we know, all she had was a brother, Michael. Mike, if Mikey's dead, there's no uh, niece or grandniece to be born because there's no one else to be her. Uh, that could be her niece.
1: Well, Michael could have had a wife and it could have had uh, a child's. I don't think it would work as uh, being her direct niece, but like a grand niece or great oh, niece yeah. or whatever as you call I, it.
2: I, I think it. I think it would be a grand niece. I think otherwise, mm. uh, Peggy would be in her forties, and we know she or Sharon would be in her forties, and that's not the mm. case. Um, no, just doing the math, but uh, so twenty. Yeah, so uh, I would assume it is a grand niece, but. You need a sibling in order to create a niece. So what if the file... What if mm. Michael Carter isn't dead and the file was on him and his current uh, whereabouts? Okay. And somebody um, that's, that's definitely...
0: Mm.
2: And it might not be Michael that shot Thompson, but it could be somebody... That wants either the information or to keep that information from getting out on Michael Carter.
1: Okay, yeah, that's an interesting theory. Because yeah, why would it not just why do not just say Margaret Carter or why would you say him Carter? But um, I mean, the way that they shot it, it did kind of lead us to believe that it was just the same file as he used earlier on the doctor's file, the one that was made up mm. uh, on on Peggy. By what's uh, his face? Red, right? Could so that's could the way it was be, made but, out. However, I mean, it, it could could be a different file. Yeah, it could be
2: because you, Michael Carter, needs to be alive for there to become a, for there to be a Sharon Carter.
1: Hmm. So well, no, no, not necessarily. But I, I, do like the theory. Like uh, that's an that's an interesting theory. I like it. I like it a lot
2: and it create it's it would make an interesting topic for season 3.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
2: So, all right. We have spent way too long on news and debate, which is typical. Holy shit, we've done almost an hour on it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Andy, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a uh... Season 3, episode 12 of Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I... busted the title chip.
2: (laughs) I did not pull it up, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll look, you go.
1: Okay, so yeah, um, basically the episode started off with a flashback to Colt Killing Ward. Um, We then saw, uh, on the planet of Maveth... The Inside Man. The what, sorry?
2: The Inside Man.
1: The Inside Man is the the name of the episode. Yep. Uh, so then we then saw uh, the tentacle thing going into Ward and we see it, seeing all his memories and like basically all shots from season one and two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. And uh, a couple of bits from season three. Nothing new at all. Just all... Uh, it was a Ward montage, so if you're a Ward fan, you probably, you probably enjoyed that. Um, we see then Hive as Ward continuing to watch TV and chill. Uh, Malik brings in the sunglasses Inhuman guy whose name is like Lucio, I believe. Yeah, I'll see if I can and, find that. Yeah, and he and he tells Hive that he's planning to acquire more Inhumans for him. Uh, Hive didn't kill the Japanese Inhuman guy after all last week when we thought he did. Right. Because remember he did his like sand power at him, so mm-hmm. he didn't kill him because he's still kicking about. Not sure what that power. Does at this point, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, the glasses dude then uh, uses his power on the Japanese guy and the two goons in the room, but it doesn't work on on Hive Ward. However, it does kind of like freeze a sort of image of him in place, and then he steps away from it, which was a bit weird. Yeah, cool. Effect. And he then sends his, yeah, cool effect, yeah, definitely. And he then sends his like sand stuff flying at the glasses, dude. Meanwhile, we see Talbot's wife getting on a plane and she's annoyed at him for something, which we don't know what it is at this point. Uh, Coulson then appears and berates Talbot for not answering his calls because Coulson is now Talbot's boss and Talbot is not happy about it. And Talbot says that they will never be partners, but they, uh, they have to get prepared for a symposium on the alien contagion in Taiwan. And we also see someone following them. Meanwhile, the team prepares for the next mission. Uh, Hunter, in in amongst us, calls Daisy and Lincoln Shake and Bake, which I thought was a great name for them.
2: (laughs) I got the shake. Okay, I guess I get the bake.
1: (laughs) And meanwhile, uh, Fitz also has uh, assembled a new gizmo for Coulson. And Hunter asks him... Does it kill, stun, or disintegrate? No, no, no. It makes gloves. <laughs> it's a glove machine. Yep. Which seems incredibly useless, but.
2: <laughs> I figured it was something I to Lincoln do with, was... with his hand.
1: That's what I thought it would be as well. Like I thought it was a machine to build different hands for him, depending on the situation. Oh like, yeah, that, oh that makes total sense. And why wouldn't you have that? <laughs> While that's going on, Lincoln is on a field mission, basically covering Colson at the airport with me on comms to him. And he sees something very suspicious because no one would ever intentionally cut their hair like that. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> Tal- Talbot's haircut is ridiculous. Yes. Like, total fierceness to him. He, he, uh, uh
2: not. my wife, uh, brought it up because, um, we were watching, uh, What's the name of the show, The Colony, and mm. Adrian Pazdar is in that as well. And no, that okay. has the same haircut. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so she goes, "Do they put a toupee on him? Because he has real hair <laughs> in the you know." <laughs> so it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> but yeah, he has a ridiculous haircut in this show. <laughs> Um, Colson and Talbot then head to Talbot's car, and Colson basically plies, uh, plans to spy on this symposium to gather intel on, on humans around the world and uh, Malik, because Colson reckons that Malik's going to have an insider there. You could say it's a sneaky little spy mission, because shields. That's how we roll. Uh, we we then see them that they're actually being followed by none other than the Absorbing Man that we mentioned in the, the news stories a couple of weeks ago that he was coming back. So here he is, following Colson and Talbot about, seemingly looking to kill Talbot. So Lincoln rushes in and shocks him, whilst May heads there to back him up. And it, it was actually really funny in amongst us because Colson just, like, bundled Talbot into the van under protest. And Talbot's like, no, don't look way in here. And, and it was kind of reminiscent of, I think it was last season, remember they kept just, like, kidnapping him and like having him locked in his van in various places right but yeah so he's uh, he gets locked up and uh, may heads the back linking up uh, the absorbing man then absorbs a tire so when lincoln tries to electrocute him it has no effect because he's made of rubber he then absorbs some concrete so colson's bullets have no effect on him but May then bashes him with a tire iron which turns his head to metal and allows Lincoln to shock him again, taking him down. I thought However, was, I thought this was in a just strange a- twist. He was not there to assassinate Talbot at all. He was actually there as his bodyguard. Which was a major turn up for the books. <laughs> yes. Don't know what happened. You,
2: it was weird. You were talking, you, and I started trying to jump in with something, mm. and uh, uh, you were just talking over me. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear
1: You say anything? <laughs> and uh,
2: so, also, so then I tried to jump in again, and all of a sudden, it you. Uh, <laughs> it, it just disconnected the call so all right so i i have because I, I so we'll uh start in three two we'll start in a you ready to continue
1: uh yep yep so basically let me uh, let I'll me just, just jump in with...
2: and three hmm. two one okay go so so okay. actually so, okay. here let me
0: yeah
2: ju- <laughs> Well, yeah, you got some editing ahead of you. Uh, what I'll do is I'll uh, just say, yeah. For some reason, the call got disconnected, and you you were talking about, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll lead us in. That's how we'll do it. Three two, three, two, one. So yeah, there was a bit of a Skype hiccup, and Andy got disconnected. Andy, you were talking about when we lost the call, and we're not exactly sure when we lost it. <laughs> uh, you, you're talking about uh, that. Talbot and Coulson were in the parking lot getting into their cars when they noticed the, or when they were warned that the absorbing man was following them. And Coulson, or Coulson and the team attack, it was mainly Lincoln. <laughs> and I, I thought this was a great scene because it was a great showing, uh great versatility of. The absorbing man's power, because uh, they, yeah, the absorbing man gets knocked down and reaches for a tire. I think Lincoln knocks him to the ground with a lightning bolt, and but it doesn't knock him out. He reaches, grabs a rubber tire, and turns to rubber, which obviously uh, lightning or electricity has no effect on. Nor
1: do bullets. no well he i think he actually changed to concrete just immediately after that did he not no he
2: was still rubber and the
1: bullets were bouncing off
2: yeah it was still all black it was all he looked like he looked like
1: a black michelin man i could have sworn he changed because he was i thought he was gray
2: i thought he was still rubber because anyway, the, bullets, why, the why would you? The why right would the you way. change to con- oh, concrete? Doesn't conduct electricity either, I don't think, or not as well. Uh, but I mean, if you, you still have sparky uh, there, and rubber stops both
1: bullets, and well, de- mm. if you shoot a tire with a bullet, it it's gonna it's gonna go through the tire. So you would assume that if he makes himself of rubber, tire rubber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to try. I'm gonna go and shoot some tiles tomorrow. And see. <laughs> so oh, okay. if They're you're in
2: this. the Scotland area <laughs> and all, you come out to a flat, don't call me. I had nothing to do <laughs> with this. So all right. So uh, May hits him with a tire iron, which turns him to metal.
1: Yep.
2: And. At that point, uh, Lincoln zaps him again and knocks him out.
1: Yes. However, he was not there to assassinate Talbot at all. He was actually there as Talbot's bodyguard, which was a bit of a what-the-fuck moment. It was. It's like, whoa. (laughs) Because uh, Absorbing Man is a bad guy, and Mm -hmm. I think in... I've seen him like be on like the good side in the comic books once or twice, where it's kind of a, whatever's been happening is aligned with whatever he's been doing. But for the most part, he's a bad guy, and it was a major <laughs> what the fuck moment to mm-hmm. uh, to see this in the, in the TV show. It was very cool.
2: Mm-hmm. He'd make a
1: BSOC great secret warrior. he He'd make a. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you would trust him though. We'll see how that pans out.
0: Hmm?
1: So um back at the back at the base they take uh they take Absorber Man and Talbot back to the base and Fitz and Simmons ask him about his powers and how he was able to touch the inhuman obelisk because every other human that's touched it has died except for him. And if you remember, he turned his hand to rubber and that allowed him right. to pick it up. Right. Drill. But I'm sure he did pick it up before that and just dropped it because it hurt him.
2: I think If you so, remember right. back to, yep.
1: yeah, to season two, two, episode one, I think it yep. was. So uh, Fitz and Simmons reckon there's a bit more to absorbing man that meets the eye, so they plan to study his DNA again. Uh, Hunter is a little bit angry about a uh, good kid Creole <laughs> being there, as uh, Talbot calls him. He's a good kid. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's not Talbot. He's a, he was a bad guy. But Talbot claimed he was brainwashed and, and all this. But and he did have a record before he ever encountered Hydra, so but Coulson does believe in this in second chances. Okay. Colson does believe in second chances and so he agrees to let the absorbing man go on the mission. However, Daisy can't go on the mission because there are no inhumans allowed at the inhuman conference, so they don't the, the delegates don't offend anyone because they're obviously going to have insulting views about the Inhumans especially and there is no weapons allowed at this place either worth noting that um, so Creel could be an asset to them because he's not going to be detected by any DNA scanners and obviously he is a weapon in, in and of himself uh, Hunter says in amongst us you can't take the bad out of a bad man <laughs> So he reckons that uh, Absorb Man is a bad, bad guy and he's always going to be a bad guy. So he's very suspicious of him. Uh, meanwhile, Malik is not happy with Hive's body because <laughs> it has not healed in any way. It's just dead walled body. And he looks a bit kind of zombie vampire-esque at this point. He's... He looks like a corpse walking about, which obviously you can't really walk about as a corpse without somebody going, Hold on a minute, there's a corpse walking about over there. Why is that? So as far as public appearances go for Hive, they're kind of off the table as he looks like this. I don't know if that's quite what Malik's intention is, to like parade him on public or whatever, but... but anyway, um, Malik does offer to get Hive a new host body, but not himself because he's too old. And Hive tells him that he can't inhabit an Inhuman because they don't feed on their own kind.
2: Yes. That was... Which is... mm. That was kind of gross. And is he... I mean, was he offering... At this point, was he offering an Inhuman for him to feed on? Or as a host? I wasn't wasn't sure which.
1: I think he was offering um, the... Kinda of Japanese guy. I, I don't know if he is Japanese or or Chinese or, or what, because he does have an American accent. So, but um, but was he offering him I as did. a host or was he offering him as dinner? <laughs> I think he was offering him as as a host. Okay, but um, but Hive is quite happy with with Ward's body, um, at present, and we'll get into what he, do, mm-hmm. he does in a minute. Um, but he says he can't inhabit an inhuman, and they don't feed on their own their own kind. So he he is an inhuman, like Hive, but he can only inhabit a non-inhuman person. Correct. So like any of the inhumans are off the table for him, like Daisy and uh, Lincoln and and whatnot. He can't inhabit any of those. So um, Malik assures Hive that there won't be any more setbacks um, and Hive says to him, good, we like to hear that. The keyword here is "we." Mm-hmm. The fact that he says "we" is is very telling.
2: He's a hive. Well, granted, yes, we don't he's know a that. hive. Yes,
1: yeah, so, but, <laughs> but he's a he's hive. He's hive. And we'll, and we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, meanwhile, May says that she is not Hunter's friend, and basically says that he's Hunter is only there for Bobby and does not care about the mission, which is. Quite harsh, but probably mostly true. Would yeah. you agree? Agree with that? Yeah. I think that's so. True. The team runs, and and I think we'll see that pan out more next week. And like next week looks as if it's going to be the kind of backdoor pilot for the most wanted show. The uh, the fact that they're spinning off look as if they're going to be spinning off into that show definitely rings true to that statement.
2: Yeah, I can pretty much confirm that. I found a story on that.
1: Yeah, so the um, the team runs through this, our plan for the mission. There's going to be five other delegates at the symposium with Talbot and Coulson. Xiao uh, Chen, Anton Petrov, Haruto, Yakimura, Ellen King, and Nathi Zuma. And one of these people is the inside man for Malik. Uh, the team then heads to the symposium... Talbot wears the hilarious dress that we spoke about <laughs> from the images the other week and he looks absolutely ridiculous and clearly he feels ridiculous but it's some sort of traditional Taiwanese like uh, formal gown yep. that is intended for males to wear. <laughs> but he but he's not happy rest. about it. He's not happy about it. And when he does call it a dress, the, the lady that he says that to looks a bit perturbed. <laughs>
2: He is not very good at
1: uh, diplomacy. No, no. And for like a, 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 a quote-unquote delegate, it's not a good thing. <laughs> M. Coulson, and amongst us, is pretending to be a CDC scientist to go along as uh, basically as an advisor about the inhuman, I don't know what to say virus, but the inhuman plague, disease, whatever, whatever they want to call it, this situation. And Kostner has his right arm in a sling, which is worth noting that that is not his bad arm, because the hand that he got chopped off was his left arm. Right. It, Talbot uh, thinks that the Russian is the the inside guy. He then thinks that the Japanese guy is also the inside guy. And basically everyone else is the inside guy. He's managed to narrow, narrow the field of suspects down to just everyone.
2: Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. You've just uh, you've just made everybody a sus- suspect. <laughs> yep.
1: So um, each hand that Coulson shakes gets scanned by his hand and Fitz's glove machine thing that we saw earlier makes copies of them to put onto the rest of the team's hands so that they can gain access to the delegates' private rooms, which you can only get into with a full handprint. Right, palm print. Yes, palm print. Yeah. Uh, Malik tells the uh, Japanese inhuman guy not to leave Hive's side, but immediately after Malik leaves, Hive tells him and the glasses guy look like I'm pretty sure that guy's name's Luchio, to go and get him it five is live Luchio. humans. I did look it up. Yeah, yeah, and the those guys they don't even question it; they just go, "Yeah, okay." And like Malik certainly, maybe not the maybe not Lucio but certainly the other guy Malik is his boss and it looks as if he's been working with him for at least a, a while and the fact that Hive can just tell them what to do and they're just like yeah let's do it is, is quite interesting and I think it's quite telling mm. for the, the direction that Hive is going to take uh, so meanwhile Daisy and Lincoln instead of going on the mission they train for Lincoln's agent assessment at the cocoon that's coming up uh, no powers, just fighting, flirting, and fucking. Simmons interrupting them before they can get down to any business. Uh, Lincoln is required in lab for his inhuman expertise. And th- that scene, <laughs> what did you think of that scene where they were like they were fighting in that? Um, it, I guess you could say. Uh,
2: different type of foreplay than the type I prefer Um, Uh yeah uh, the it it,
0: it
2: was it was I I guess I would say I was amused by it because yes Simmons is the cold shower uh, that both of them (laughs) needed
1: it was very it was very funny and Simmons just pops up and she's like yeah sorry to interrupt guys but there's Other work stuff going. <laughs> yeah. Time to work. You can play later. <laughs> so yeah, we then get the this uh, symposium, uh, where Talbot says it's nice to put a series of faces to all these unpronounceable names. I think I just proved that all the names are pronounceable, <laughs> <laughs> even, even by a Scottish person. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, and most uh, people Coles. can't understand
2: a word you say most of the time, anyway. So
1: exactly. <laughs> Uh, Colson explains uh, what Inhumans are and like the problem and the benefits that they could have and whatnot. And the team, the, the Shield team, listens in to the conversation that goes on as they infiltrate the delegates' rooms in the hand, uh, the the palms kind of thing. Uh, Petrov, the Russian guy, wants to create a sanctuary for Inhumans, and the delegates kind of discuss this and argue a little bit about putting them all in one place, and about letting the Russians have control over these uh, potential weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hunter is in the Australian ladies room, which I think her name was uh, Kelly. Uh, All right. uh, Sorry, Ellen King. Ellen King. Ellen King is her name. Okay. Yeah. For a minute there, it, it,
2: that just came out wrong. The Australian delegates' room. You, Australian ladies' room just sounds weird. <laughs> okay,
0: right.
1: Right. Australian de- yeah, the Australian yeah, the Delegate delegates' Delegate. room. He was the But <laughs> he decides to go off mission when he sees uh, the Absorbing Man abandoning his post, seemingly. And he just goes and chases after him. He's like, oh, uh, the Absorbing Man's running away. I'm going after him, fuck the mission, I don't care about it. That guy tr- killed two of my friends before, he killed Zena's mum if you remember, as well as mm-hmm. uh, the guy that was with her at the time. And Hunter is not happy with him and wants to get revenge on him basically. So he goes after him. Uh, meanwhile back at the base, uh, Simmons puts some terigen on Daisy's blood and we see Terrigenesis as expected. But if they add Creel's blood into the mix of this, it stops the process and breaks it down. So basically, Crew's blood could be used as a vaccine against teragenesis. So if you put this vaccine into people, it would stop them from becoming inhumans if they have the gene. Right. However, it cannot reverse the change if it's already happened, but it could stop it from happening ever again to anyone else. Which is kind of interesting, and i don't I don't know if you ever saw like the uh, the X-Men movies, the kind of original trilogy of them because they did do something like this in that they had a, a mutant who was able to create a quote unquote cure, and the government offered it up to people and and, and then st- like uh, almost immediately started weaponizing it. and that's definitely the fear for the mm-hmm. inhumans that uh, this would start to be weaponized. So because the delegates like,
2: all government does is weaponize anything
1: good. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, they, the delegates decide that they want to vote on the sanctuary and the uh, the Australian delegate sends an encrypted message which May manages to decode and it says Move him now. Obviously Hunter is away searching for crew, so they have to <laughs> they have to send Bobby to uh, get into her room instead. most um, Huntle searching for Curry finds like a bunch of goons guarding a truck. Now, Bobby goes to the Australian delegate's room very easily. Mm-hmm. She just climbs around a balcony and like climbs through an unlocked window. My question is, why did you need the handprint if the window was unlocked? <laughs> you could have just climbed up the side of the building. You could have got into the like helicopter down, parachute down to the top of the building, and just. Climbed down and in through the window, not walled with any handprints.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> like, sure there is a no fly over the the building itself. Uh, it's probably a no fly zone, and certainly this was this was Im- improv. You know, this wasn't the plan. This is when the you know when the plan uh, goes to shit, we got to make a new plan. And that's, you know, that's what S.H.I.E.L.D. does. That's That's their jam, you know, according to (laughs) Mac. Um, So doing that uh, wasn't, uh, you know, that's not the way they planned on infiltrating the base, I guess, is the best way to put it. They had a plan in place, and Hunter fucked it up.
1: Yep, absolutely. (laughs) And um, so Bobby manages to get in through this window and blows open the safe and um, basically she finds out that this uh, Australian delegate has an inhuman locked up and sedated for military experiments. Now, um, we we could get into that later because it does mention this person again later on. Uh, Hunter, however, whilst that's going on, finds a boy in the truck who is inside one of the jail matrices, which are usually reserved for inhumans. Uh, but he doesn't get much of a chance to poke around at it because Creel appears behind him and knocks him out. Uh, at the symposium, Talbot announces the postponement of the vote and tells the guards to arrest the traitor that's in their midst, who he declares as Phil Coulson. Dun-dun-dun. And he shows... The... Yes, dun-dun-dun. Mm. Talbot has betrayed us, the asshole, <laughs> And he shows the delegates the proof of Coulson spying, which... Is the fact that he's been poking around in the rooms while they've been in this meeting, which you can say okay, fair enough, but you fucking knew about it. Like, you went along with this the whole time. Why is he suddenly turning on them? It was it was very curious. And like, if if you remember the, that episode of Agent Carter where Thompson had all his twists and turns, mm-hmm. this is how you do an episode of twists and turns right, and you don't confuse people because we knew. Like, when the twist happened, you knew what side he was on and why he was on that side. And then when, it, when the other twists happened, like, earlier in the episode, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Unlike in unlike in that episode, which I still haven't managed to work out
0: who, what side
1: he was on at what point. But, yeah. Um, at this point, uh, Malik enters and declares that Phil Coulson is the director of Hydra. Mm-hmm. Which, again, was a bit of a, a holy shit moment. Like, I can't believe they're, like, trying to pitch Colson as being the director of Hydra to take the heat off of uh, Malik, and so Talbot is obviously the inside man Colson is like yep you're the inside man and he just turns to him and says kumbaya (laughs) which was hilarious because I think uh, sorry earlier in the episode uh, they'd talked about what was going to happen at the symposium and they talked about that they would just get around and sing kumbaya together now, Hunter. Uh, Hunter then comes to, having obviously been knocked out by the absorbing man, and he's got a few goons standing over him, pointing guns at him. And he says, and he says that he's going to steal the guns off the guys. Um, May appears to help him, and him and May take out the guns. They obviously work out that Malik is holding Talbot's son hostage, and that's why Talbot turned on them. Uh, the guns the the hydro guys have, however, they can't use them because they've got print detection. So they've got no weapons and they have to face off against uh, all these armed Hydra guys, unarmed. Well, not strictly true, because bon appetito. Hunter <laughs> has brought the weapons. <laughs> and uh, when, he, when he produces the weapons, Bobby says, I love you. And May says, I don't hate you quite as much, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant.
2: Oh, I thought she said, I don't love you as much uh, as- Yep. What the hell's going on tonight? You there? Back. Okay. Uh, I hello. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Hello, Andy. Chip.
0: Yep. Andy?
2: You there?
1: Yep, yep, I'm um, here. Okay. Yep.
2: <laughs> Weird.
1: I don't always get on escape right. tonight. Yeah. Fucking
2: Skype. It's fucking escape. <laughs> okay. I'll lead us back in again. Three, two, one, and we're back again. Thank you, Skype. Thank you, Microsoft, for your wonderful product that we don't pay for. <laughs> uh, I guess we get what we pay for. Hi, huh, Andy. Yep, mm, yep. Yeah, yeah. um, anyways, we were talking about. Uh, we were at the point where, and got Andy's got a project ahead of him uh, <laughs> stitching together this show. We're at the point where. Uh, May, Bobby, and Hunter had just taken out the Hydra goons, but couldn't use their guns because they were fingerprinted. Uh, Hunter sa- and and they're here. How are we going to take out all these Hydra guys without any weapons? And, and Hunter sa- says, "Bon appetito," and gives Bobby her, her uh, bow stick or bow sticks, and gives May a gun. Bobby says that she that she loves hunter and i thought may said i didn't think may said uh i don't hate you as much i thought she said i don't love you or i
1: love you just not as much as her something to that effect no 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 she definitely said i don't hate you quite as much (laughs) oh okay all right so um so at that point bobby and hunter then head off to find colson and talbot and may heads off to find talbot's son Mm. um Back at the base, Daisy and Lincoln argue about this inhuman vaccine and she compares him to the Watchdogs, which which is a bit of a boring video game. Like I thought it was quite <laughs> <a> bad at <adult. laughs> But no, the watchdogs are actually um gonna be coming up in a couple of weeks. and mm-hmm. um, there's I think the episode after next week's one is called Watchdogs. And they are actually like a a faction from within the Marvel universe. They they are in the 616 universe. I don't know if you've ever come across them, Chip.
0: I
2: don't think so.
1: Okay, so the Watchdogs are... They're basically... They're an extremist right-wing group, and this is in the comic books, um, who oppose pornography, obscene materials, homosexuality, abortion, and sex education, among other things. Oh, they're Trump supporters. (laughs) Basically, yes. That's exactly what they are. But um, I don't think they're going to be that in this version they look they kind of look as if they're going to be people that don't like inhumans or don't like powered people they kind of look like uh, what do you call the guys that go and patrol the border border patrol eh, no no like the guys that just do it off their own back not the, the ones that are government employees Uh oh
2: not hell's angels
1: you, you know uh, you,
0: <laughs> no, you know the guys I mean though yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Like, those type of guys that just... They don't want these people in their country, effectively. Okay. So, that... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the Watchdogs and the Not Boring Video Game. They, so, we're going to see them in a couple of weeks, and it'll be definitely a different take, because I, I can't see them doing what they did in the comic books, because from what I was reading up about them, they, uh, they burned down, uh, like, a, an adult video store. <laughs> To, to prove a point <laughs> basically i don't see that happening in, in the mcu and age of shield probably not so and basically yeah if the government had this vaccine there would be no choice they would just vaccinate everybody and they kind of have a bit of an argument and they, they insult each other so Daisy says to lincoln oh someone went to med school shut up and listen and lincoln kind of Retorts back to her. Sorry, I wasn't hacking my way through life. Yeah, <laughs> that, cares, but... that was a low blow. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> they're being a bit bitchy to each other here. Yeah? But there's a bit, bit of tension there, mm-hmm. bit of tension. And it was interesting that Lincoln sparked, and uh, Daisy didn't quake. So like he, he seemed to like get when he gets angry or like emotional. Shall we say he seems to spark a little bit.
2: Yeah, he starts to Hulk
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back at the symposium, Malik presents his case to the delegates and peels away some of Coulson's layers. Uh, he shows them. I think it's someone who Lash killed. One of the Inhumans that Lash killed, as well as a gel matrix tank. And obviously, like Colson didn't kill that guy. No. It wasn't him. Yeah, it was. It was Lash, and I think it was one of uh, Malik's Inhumans that he'd had prisoner. And the gel matrix tank thing was. Not Coulson's idea at all. It was uh, the ATCU that came up with that. Correct. Now um, Malik then locks up Coulson until the officials arrive. Uh, we then see Hive examining his five humans who or the two guys brought to him, and they're they've been frozen in place by Luchio, who's the sunglasses guy. They are. It's mentioned that they are innocent, but they will serve the greater good. By screaming. <laughs> now the. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the guns take Coulson's hand off of him and handcuff him to Talbot, who did not get the deal that he was looking for because Malik told him that he would give him his son back, and obviously Malik, being a Hydra bastard, reneges on that deal and decides that you'll just you'll just kill Talbot. It's easier that way. Makes um, sense. Malik, Yeah, definitely. type up all the sense. Uh, Malik tells Coulson that he's building an army, and Coulson's like, well, there'll be one to oppose you. He's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, Malik tells his goons to kill Coulson and uh, Talbot. But they don't get the chance to, because Absorbing Man to the rescue! <laughs> absorbing Man busts in, absorbs, a, I think it's a clay pipe... And takes out the two goons that are there and rescues them. And Coulson on the way out gets to say the immortal line, give me a hand. (laughs) 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 Which is hilarious. And Talbot grabs his hand and I think he was a bit creeped out by it. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) And he gives it back to Coulson. Now, um, Bobby and Hunter, meanwhile, get shot at by some goons and they take them out with a gong. Yep. Which was very funny. And Absorbing Man pops up and saves Hunter just as he's about to get killed. And Hunter says, Well, that doesn't make us even. Uh, Absorbing Man also takes off Talbot and Coulson's handcuffs. Uh, Coulson sends Hunter and Bobby after Malik to follow him as he's escaping. And May has managed to rescue Talbot's son on her own. And we don't even see what she did, but I assume it was awesome. It was <laughs> too awesome to show us. That's how good it was. And she has stolen the, the truck, and just like she pulls up in the truck, and a, a guy just falls out of it. Don't know what happened to him. Just May. May was there.
2: It, it's Agent May. You know, you know,
1: you know, you know you're all set. <laughs> yep. Uh, back at the base, uh, Lincoln is jealous of Daisy's control of her powers, and she offers to help him. And uh, Lincoln mentions that his power is like a war inside his head, and he doesn't want to lose control, but. Well, Daisy says sometimes it's good to lose control, and, and then she loses up. her shirt. <laughs> she loses her shirt, yeah, and presumably the the bang. You would imagine. Um, the uh, he didn't spark in in amongst this though. Not that we saw. No spark. No <laughs> spark. Below below the shot. Below the level of the shot. Um. Talbot then thanks Coulson for his help and says that him and Coulson, they basically say that they're partners now. And he can call him Glenn. Okay, And he can call him Glenn. Some, sometimes, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coulson um, mentions to, I think I think it's May, that his agents down under have got Alan King's inhuman out of her control. And they've rescued him. And it's worth noting that it's a guy. Now, I don't think they would like, mention this if we're not going to see this character on the show. No, I... Can't. So, I... Ex- yeah, I expect this guy to show up at some point. Um, do you know any Inhumans that are Australian?
2: Like... No, because... I I really haven't gotten that far into the Inhuman comic, uh, because this would all happen after... Uh,
1: the Terra Genesis thing. So... Uh, was I that? mean, even, like, Australia even an Australian Marvel superhero, Can yeah. you even think of one? I, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't think of anyone at all. Is, there was a Tasmanian <laughs> Devil, but I don't know if that was...
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not talking Warner Brothers. Um, but I don't know if that was uh, Marvel or DC. Hmm.
1: Don't know. I mean, like the only Australian one that springs to mind is Captain Boomerang, but that's DC. That's uh, oh, Captain Boomerang, yeah. Yeah, Captain Boomerang. There's a uh, there's one or, there's one or two from like looking it up. There's Gateway and okay, yeah, uh, slip slipstream. All right, nobody major. Yeah, I've never heard of those, ever. <laughs> never come across them. But maybe we can. Maybe we see those people. Who knows? Okay, so they, I think we'll get we'll get to see who that is later in the season, though. I don't think they would bother mentioning it unless it was going to pop into the show. Now, um, Coulson, uh, Coulson reckons that Malik is reporting to somebody or something higher. Now, I don't know where he got that from, because for me, all the scenes involving Malik that Coulson saw, hundred percent, Malik seemed in charge. Didn't seem to me like he was like under the thumb of anyone else. I don't know if you felt that.
2: Yeah, I was... I thought that was a reach. In terms... Yeah. In terms of...
1: So how did you figure that out? But I mean, you could put it down to just, like, Coulson intuition. Maybe. Because there's always someone higher. Yeah that oh, there always has been certainly up to this point
2: but i mean he goes as far as saying malik was supposed to be the last head of hydra it, yep yep and i feel that i, I feel like he he is uh, working for somebody
0: hmm.
1: I, I don't think they should have put that that uh, line in the episode i, I think it benefits yeah, I don't think it benefited anything at all to the episode, and it kind of just like throws confusion on things. But yeah, we then uh, cut over to seeing H- Hive, who has absolutely decimated the five innocent humans that uh, were were donated to him for the greater good, and he is surrounded by only five bloody skeletons. Like, and I don't mean like like Husks, five bloody almost. skeletons. They are. Yeah, they're just like skeletons soaked in blood. There is no skin or tissue or anything left on them. They've been, they've been stripped clean of of all muscle tissue and everything. But and amongst this kind of ritual thing, uh it ha- has managed to heal Ward's body. So he's now not looking like a zombie or a vampire. He is back to looking buff Grant Ward. He is covered in like I don't know gore Bunker, whatever <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if there was a cocoon involved in this or what happened, but he's covered in some orange goop stuff, and he's now back to Buff Ward. However, I don't like his. I don't like his personality as Hive. I don't like the Hive personality. It's very strange, but it's a bad guy, so you kind of expect that. I want. I want the original Grant Ward back,
2: Agent Grant Ward, that one. He's never coming back, Andy. He's dead.
1: Yeah. He's dead. Maybe there'll be a clone of him somewhere. <laughs> That's who's in the yellow tube. The Grant Ward
2: clone. That's it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Who has the power of Thor. <laughs> now, um, in the after credit scene, we see uh, Malik giving Petrov, the Russian delegate, a left home in his jet and discussing the the possibility of getting this uh, inhuman sanctuary off the ground and with Malik's help, the guy reckons he can do it. We pan to below the floor and we see that Bobby and Hunter are stowed away in the belly of the beast. And it's the end of that episode. Yes. So what did you think? I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, Like, like I said, they did twists and turns the right way. They, they made it... Th- it, it was understandable and wasn't wasn't too confusing and the characters had clear motives for what they were doing. <laughs> like as opposed to what happened to Agent Carter a few weeks ago. But yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. It was cool to see the Absorbing Man back. His powers worked really well. Um, the thing I did like when the Absorbing Man was like I think I think it was a clay pipe or something of of that type. When he spoke, when he was turned to clay, his voice was modulated differently. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but like his voice sounded different to yes. when he turned back to, to normal skin, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's like a cool little touch, which they didn't they didn't necessarily have to do that, but I thought I added just like that wee, wee bit of, of coolness factor for me. Um, and it was interesting to see him act as a kind of hero character.
2: Yeah, um, There's set. it it's, makes for an interesting setup. I think this is kind of uh, the new team bonding episode. To an extent, because we got, uh, you know, Colson and Talbot to become buds and quote unquote yep. partners. And I think that, I think there will be a great dynamic there because I love both characters. Yes, absolutely. Um, especially with Hunter leaving probably, probably next week. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, having. And I've always liked the interaction between uh, T- Coulson and Talbot when they were uh, when they were kind of frenemies in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, seeing this was seeing seeing their relationship move to the next step and actually become allies was pretty cool. The absorbing man, you know, I as a quote unquote hero is interesting and you know it wasn't until we started talking it out uh during tonight's show that it's like
1: he'd be he'll be an awesome secret warrior <laughs> yeah definitely uh, he's got a cool power it's easy to understand and it's a recognizable character from the comic books and um, whether or not something happens down the line that makes him go full-on real bad guy villain we'll see but i mean the the thing about the absorbing man is that he's always kind of being out for whatever is best for him. So if this is the best thing for him to do, that makes sense in terms of his character, even from the comic books. But
2: I would love to hear the backstory of how he became Talbot's bodyguard.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a good kid.
2: (laughs) There's a story there, and hopefully they flesh it out over uh, the rest of the season. How, how do you go for, you know, and you won't have Hunter there to say, so how do you go from being a bloodthirsty killer to working for, uh, the government as a bodyguard?
1: Well, he's still a killer. We did see him kill a couple yep. of people on this episode. <laughs> he doesn't hold back. <laughs> but
2: yeah, I mean, but agent um, shield agents kill. I mean, it's usually just yeah, not on yeah. screen. Um, so un- unless you're Colson and you're crushing a guy's chest with your ro- <laughs> with your robot hand um this, so you know I like that i you know once again we are adding more characters to a very cumbersome cast there you know uh this is if you had the entire uh quote unquote secret warriors. Agents of Shield, it, it's probably over twenty now. You're getting damn close.
1: Probably not as many as twenty, but like up in the up in the teens anyway. Yeah, I mean, so you know uh, it'll suck because yes,
2: as far as I can tell, the uh, parting shot is more or less, if not a backdoor pilot, a uh, it, it's the it's the point where. Uh, the backstory of how Hunter and Mockingbird become Marvel's most wanted begins.
0: Mm,
1: yep.
2: So, uh, and I, I guarantee you that if Agent Carter doesn't come back, that's the that's the mid season replacement show because I don't think they're mm. gonna do two Marvel shows uh, uh, at the same
1: time. Uh, probably not. No, not in like. I mean, the night, that nine o'clock Tuesday night seems to be their uh, their time slot. Yeah. Um, so I can't see them doing. What if they did like an eight o'clock and then a nine o'clock? Do a Marvel night. Do you think that would work? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It yeah. It, it it works, but it doesn't. I mean, it's either going hmm. to be very successful or fail miserably.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, there's no middle ground, and. I don't know. I almost wish they went to the death slots with these shows. The death slot being Friday night at 10, because nobody gives a shit what your ratings are at Friday <laughs> at 10 o'clock here. Because uh, you know, it's just no man's land TV. Um, but, or even Fridays at nine, you know, most of the networks just don't give a shit. Um, you you know friday night is basically where you put a show to to die you know it's last mm. season run you know just run out the episodes that you have or something but you know some shows uh do very well there i think supernatural ended up at, in that slot for a couple of years and did absolutely spectacular mm. so um so I, you know, there was a lot. I thought it was a good caper, and I think this is more of a yep. caper episode. I think you're setting mm-hmm. up a couple of decent things. Uh, the idea that there is a Russian sanctuary for inhumans is a very scary thing. I also think yes. you're starting the building blocks of the of the civil war. I almost said the secret war. Um, <laughs> but i think you're seeing and the, and it, this is where i am going to be let down by civil war because agents of shield is doing a great job of building up the power the superpowered paranoia in uh that would exist if this ever something like this ever occurred you know, governments would want to capture, examine, regulate, neut- and neutralize
0: mm.
2: any powered beings, whether it be via uh vaccination or you know, what, whatever they do with the with what uh, Lincoln and Fitz or Lincoln and Simmons found. Where
1: was Fitz this episode? Yeah. Fitz and Mac were it, go- so well, Mac, Mac wasn't I don't think yeah. Mac was Mac wasn't in the episode. Fitz was in it like uh he had the, the box for the gloves. And then he was with Simmons when Simmons right. was explaining things about the DNA. Okay. Just there. He didn't yeah. do anything.
2: And and see that's that's where we're getting too big a cast. Mm. People are getting left out. Yep. So and you know, adding and if you're adding in um Talbot, and the Absorbing Man. And I really hope the Absorbing Man stays around. I, I, I do like the character. Um, mm. You know, I think you had to make room by moving uh, Hunter and Bobby out. It will just suck that we won't see them for pretty much the rest of the season and until their show probably appears next uh, winter. Mm. But, um, so I guess you, I mean, if you you need to... We need to cull the cast a little bit, I guess. Um, and setting that up is, you know, that's what they're setting up with this one. Uh, overall, it it was it was a good caper episode. And as we, and it, and they always, one of the best things I think about Shield, um, even those first ten episodes that nobody likes. Things that have happened in those have all been significant going forward. So things Mm. that happen in this episode, like uh, the captured Australian inhuman, um, uh, those things usually do come back
1: and play a significant role. Mm. The um, I don't know, like about about saying that the. The first ten episodes, like nobody likes them, because the, the first ten episodes of this we're, season we're, are quite, actually quite strong. Well, no, no I mean I the first ten episodes, about- the first ten episodes of the show.
0: Oh, it's season one. Okay, yes, yeah, season one. The first ten
2: episodes <laughs> are universally viewed as being kind of bad, or pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know, we, we've you know, we've copped to that as well. Saying yeah, th- they're a little rough, but if you can make it through it, uh, there is a payoff for it, and I think um, you know. So I anything that happens in uh, Agents of Shield, it re- it it takes the it's all connected hashtag to heart more so than the movies.
1: Yeah, yeah way more so.
2: So, um, so things that happened here will have repercussions down the line. Yep. So um but I th- oh, we have a couple tweets we need to get to and then we need to wrap this train wreck up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so let me pull those up here. Um we don't have time to do this one. It would be an interesting one to go through. Uh apparently USA today did uh it, in honor of March Madness, which is a huge bas- college basketball tournament over here, Andy, which most okay. offices have huge office bulls. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into all the details of it. But March Madness starts this tomorrow, Thursday. Yes, Thursday. And goes pro- for the next three or four weeks. I can't remember how long. Uh, mm mm-hmm but what they did was there and uh Batman v Superman appear uh premiering in 2 weeks or next week uh the mothership put together the ultimate v- versus dc bracket and like i said we just don't have time to do that tonight tim something if yeah <laughs> something to think about down the road march madness or not he also said yeah. uh asked if the inhuman cure could be part of the civil war tie in It would be nice, but I don't think it's happening. I don't think... uh, I think the, the the movie universe is moving further and further away from the television universe.
1: Yeah, and the television universe is probably scrambling to try and connect everything and behind the scenes yep. unfortunately without the movies bothering to acknowledge the TV show and uh and I, think and I don't think the Netflix shows
2: yeah. care one way or the other I mean they they're in their own little section of New York mm. and they're just you know they they uh you know life goes on whether there's a intergalactic war going on or whatever uh so I think you know, and I'm sure that Civil War is not going to take place in New York. Although it it was the epicenter of the comic nice. book.
1: Hmm? It, it's not. It's what a wide The base that they're in is in, is it the Hamptons, I want to say? Or somewhere up that way? Remember, it's the New Avengers base. Okay. Yeah, that upstate New York. Yeah, so it's like a way out the way of the city. Mm. Um, and obviously, the rest of the, the movie is going to be worldwide. Like, they're going to globe trot like they did in uh, Age of Ultron as well. So, you're going to get a lot of that. Um, as far as Inhumans Cure being part of Civil War tie I don't think. Well, we know that Civil War not mentioning anything to do with Inhumans and Fish All and all that. So, I don't see how it could tie in. Yeah, like it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense for it to tie to that. Um, they're more likely to tie it in like with something that happens from Civil War, just like spilling into Shield, like where Shield goes and cleans it up, something like that. I don't know. Like Thor, it'll be a Thor, a Thor the Dark World episode. Would <laughs> <laughs> be that a shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got Rennie
2: is back. She must, she must not have yes. liked our Jessica Jones and uh, Agent Carter things. Because <laughs> we haven't heard from Rennie since uh, uh, bat, uh, last w- winter fall. Anyways, Rennie is back she, with two tweets. Uh, just like Ward, I'm back. And since we're talking about him, holy creepy Batman, all the skeletons and blood were just so yucky. That It was yucky, but it was cool, too. I mean that was just Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was just a great shot. And it just shows yep. what Ward has become. So yeah, I it was and it was cool to see that on network television. It's it's not Daredevil uh gore level, but uh it was decent.
1: Yeah, I don't think you get away with that in an eight o'clock time slot, but nine o'clock time slot, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, she also
2: said, I love the episode with one exception. Can we keep the Daisy and Lincoln fluff to a minimum minimum? All the fluff is so unnecessary
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> I guess I kind of agree with her. I really don't wanna I really don't need to see them knocking boots. It's not like uh knocking boots on Jessica
1: Jones. that's for sure I don't think she was complaining about the knocking boots, I think she's complaining about all the flirting and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the all the dancing around it. So,
2: you know, not na now, now that the deal has been done, does that mean we don't have to deal with it anymore?
1: Yeah, and now you're gonna get all the kind of the cute moments of them glancing at each other across the uh, the lab. <laughs> I don't know how how mm-hmm. do you have a relationship like in a workplace like that. Like, how does that how does that work? <laughs> I don't want I don't want to see too much of it like I hope they can't keep it out of that like like a main ward type relationship. They did it well. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- that that was a
2: very well-done relationship. Yes. So they were able to keep it professional, but uh that was between two agent uh, two uh lifelong agents that had been gone through the entire shield protocol and we're hardened and, you know, seasoned veterans. Here we got raging hormones. (laughs) Yep. So. so. That about it, Andy? Yeah, I think that about covers it for this week. All right. So when your hormones aren't raging, where can
1: people find you, Andy? (laughs) So you can find me throwing all of my hormones at (laughs) Ali every Tuesday. Oh, that just sounds so bad. (laughs) I know. Uh, Four thirty Eastern, one thirty Pacific, uh, nine thirty Greenwich. Meantime, uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com. On, uh, I don't know. You think I said the, name of the show? There, I get so excited with the hormones. In uh, forty two level one, uh, we talk TV shows, movies, video games, and comic books. And you can find all our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, and allgames.com. You can find
2: me every week. Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern on the B-Team Podcast with my co-host Ryan, Fred, and Eli. We talk games, we talk tech, uh, some TV. Very long episode this week where we get into details on our, our thoughts on the Sony VR announcement and the Microsoft cross-play uh, announcement. Uh, Fred and I really go deep into both of those topics this week. And Ryan, Ryan's there along for the ride and, mentioned, and gets a few lines in as well. Um, I also do another show now called The Social Dozen, which uh, can be found on iTunes and Stitcher where four different co-hosts from different podcasts are thrown into a room together and battle it out for an hour and a half discussing everything from religion and the minimum wage to boob jobs that was what we did this week so <laughs> nice. uh check it out it's uh it, it's it's basically what hot topics of the day and uh mm. our thoughts on whatever we want to discuss and it, it's a fairly entertaining show i enjoyed uh i've done 3 of the 6 so far and now i get a break so <laughs> I won't be, I don't go back on until sometime in April. So, but uh, check that out. Uh, So, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. I apologize for all the technical difficulties. It really was beyond our control. You know, I have thunderstorms going around, uh, going on around me. Maybe that was it tonight. I have no idea. But we will, we will be back. Microsoft yeah you wanna blame Microsoft blame yeah. Microsoft for the weather too. Um, <laughs> we will be on next week. It will be later than usual. I will be in the uh I will be in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico when we usually record so uh without decent internet, if any so uh look for the show late next weekend probably easter sunday or easter monday um but we will see you then and i don't care whether or not your hormones are raging whatever you do don't touch lola night guys